Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 385. And uh, last week we wrapped up the writing series with uh, a great conversation with Dr. Lori Shemek. And over the last couple of months from episodes 372 through 384, I've done an entire series speaking with different authors from many different genres, both fiction and nonfiction, and from many different parts of the world and from different backgrounds and walks of life. It's been a great series. And so what I want to do on today's episode and next week's episode is kind of give you the wrap up. So what I want to do is I want to, I've gone through all of the conversations and uh, hopefully you have as well. And I encourage you to listen to those episodes if you haven't already. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to extract some uh, big points or big takeaways that I've gained from these conversations. And hopefully these can help you on your writing journey. So uh, we're going to start today. And since it was 13 different conversations, I don't want to do this all in one episode. So I'm going to break it up six. I'm going to cover the first six today. And then next week, uh, I'm going to cover the remaining seven. And I'm also going to share some additional thoughts about uh, writing Uh, For those of you who are specifically interested in that, I'm also going to have a collection page. I'm going to put one together where you can access all of these episodes for the writing series. Uh, And just so you know, uh, I've also had interviews and conversations with authors in the past, uh, specifically just thinking more recently, Angelo Spinello and uh, Alyssa Carpenter. Those were great conversations, although they were not formally part of this series. I consider them part of the writing series, so those episodes will be available uh, on the mini-series page that I put together as well. And I may have conversations in the future, uh, and if they fit with this particular series, I'll be sure to incorporate them. But for now, for this season, for this spring, uh, as we're wrapping up this mini-series, this was a really uh, a great experience for me. A couple of things that made this one unique. Number one, I incorporated video. I, I will say kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, I enjoyed actually doing the video conversation, seeing the other person, and uh, most of these we did on Zoom, which was a new experience. I mostly record my interviews on Skype audio, But to be able to see the other person, that was great. And to be able to share those interviews out on video, uh, I thought was a fun experience. 
I don't know that I'm going to do this as a regular thing, especially for the solo episodes. I thought about doing a video for today, but uh, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to stick with audio. But for future conversations, and I do have a couple of guests coming up uh, on different areas and subjects, uh, I'm going to leave that as an option uh, if they want to do video. And people seem to enjoy having the video component. The videos have been posted on our Facebook page. Initially, I wanted to post them on Instagram, uh, and when I had a conversation with Angelo a couple of years ago talking about the audiobook, we did a full video, which I posted there, uh, and at the time, there was no time limit to posting a video story. Now, uh, there's a time limit, so I couldn't post it there, so I ended up using the uh, Moving Forward uh, uh, Facebook page which um, you, you can upload videos of any length. So you can find them there. And then I would create excerpts or small video clips, which I posted on social media, linking it back to the Facebook page. I opted not to create a YouTube channel. I thought about doing that. It's just I didn't want to have to manage one more social media channel. That might have been a more optimal way of getting the videos out there. So overall, it was a little bit of a mixed bag. I enjoyed the experience. However, video is probably not going to be a regular part of my podcast just because a lot of my episodes are solo. But I'll make exceptions when I have conversations. And, and overall, I think that it was a good experience. All of the authors were fantastic. I will just start off with that. I enjoyed every single conversation I had. I learned something. I, I think every author was very candid about their stories. And it was just a joy to listen to them talk about their process. And I, I found a lot of similarities, but I also found a lot of differences. And the point of this is that uh, hopefully as you're listening to these conversations, you're picking up on skills or best practices that work well for you. And it may require you to try different ways of doing this. For example, a lot of authors work with a deadline and they self-impose a deadline to get that first draft done. That's pretty much how I like to work. One or two of the authors, though, I spoke with do not use deadlines. However, they have other ways of staying accountable to making sure that they finish uh, what they start. So do listen to that and just pick up on the larger uh, uh, themes in addition to the best practices. All right. So what I'm going to do for this episode is I'm going to go through each guest and I'm going to extract two takeaways this is also going to be a clip show, and that saves me a little bit of time uh, on the front end in terms of the recording, but uh, I'll be doing some more work on the back end. And what I want to do is I want to extract clips from these conversations so that you can listen to the author speak in their own voice and share those points uh, in their own words. So I'm going to start with episode 372, uh, my conversation with Don O'Connor. Uh, great guy. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. In many ways, uh, he was the perfect author to kick off the series. Just very engaging, very um, outgoing. And uh, he talked about writing his book, Failing Spectacularly. And there were two points that I think were really key in this conversation that I got out of this. Number one, and this specifically relates to nonfiction, uh, especially when you're writing about yourself or writing something that's uh, autobiographical or semi-autobiographical, is to not be afraid to talk about 
things that happened in your life that were difficult. And in fact, Don's book, Failing Spectacularly, embodies that. I mean, the whole title is, uh, it's, it's a title of one of the stories, but it ended up being the title of the book. And he talks about the story of how he failed spectacularly and why that was a, a pivotal moment for him. It, it led to uh, bigger things and became uh, a great source for one of the stories in his book. So take a listen to this clip. You know, in that instance, I went from the highs of how successful things can go with yeah. preparation to the absolute lows when you don't prepare. And I wanted people to understand the importance of preparation. Sure. And, you know, there are going to be things in your life that will interfere, but you have to overcome that. Yeah. And so when Toastmasters came along, I really wanted to do this story as a speech. So I, I, I reworded it and called it Failing Spectacularly. Because on the second try, I failed spectacularly. Wow. All right. So as you can hear from Don's uh, sharing of his experiences. This was something that uh, was pivotal for him writing the book. The other thing that I thought was really helpful, and, and this was towards the end of our conversation, we we're talking about writing tips. Don uh, self-published the book. He decided to go the self-published route. And the first book, uh, Failing Spectacularly, he pretty much was the one-man show. He learned all the ins and outs, and then he talked a little bit about this. He also wrote a second book, which actually came out shortly after our conversation. And uh, for this one, he talked about a little bit about the writing process in which he listened to feedback, but was also not afraid to ask for help and outsource some of the uh, more technical aspects. So for those of you who are thinking you might want to self-publish, a lot of the authors I spoke with self-published. Uh, you can outsource a lot of the technical aspects of it. You don't have to do it all yourself. And for some of you, it may not be advisable to try to do it all yourself. So listen to Don as he explains the benefits of asking others for help. If you're going to print the book, it's got to be in this format instead. That was the learning curve. And I would suggest, as I'm done with this second book, is maybe look outside myself to go get help, <laughs> get that's that expert advice. who's a little bit better at this and a little bit faster and, and look for that support system. All right, so there you have it. Two big takeaways from this conversation for me is not to be shy about talking about difficult times. Sometimes those are the stories that can re resonate the most. And secondly, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you are self-publishing a book Sometimes you can find that uh, other people are more than willing to help. Sometimes you can collaborate, you can hire. Uh, there are many different ways to, to structure that. So, uh, And there's a lot uh, in this conversation with Don. I, I encourage you to listen to it. Again, that's episode 372. All right. The next conversation I had was with a good friend of mine, Suzanne Brown, who I've had on the podcast before. And uh, she talked about her Mom Powerment book series. And she's written several books, which which is fantastic, especially since if you listen to the interview and the conversation, this was not one of her bucket list goals. Out of all the authors, most of the authors had some desire or aspiration to write a book either early on or later in life. 
but a couple of the authors I've spoken to did not ever intend to write a book. And in fact, one or two just don't enjoy writing as a regular part of their daily. So to hear their reasons for writing a book and to hear what motivated them to to write a book was really, really interesting. With Suzanne, who who writes in the business uh, nonfiction space, specifically on the topic of work-life balance, there were two big takeaways that I got from our conversation. Number one was her process of using what's called the mind map as opposed to a uh, top-down outline. Many of us, when we think of writing a book, when we think about outlining, we think about a blank piece of paper and maybe outlining what goes into the book, chapter one through chapter end. Suzanne uses what's called a mind map. It's a little more of a three-dimensional model. I'm going to let her explain, if you listen to this clip, she explains exactly why a mind map can be such a beneficial tool to use for planning out and writing a book. So you essentially put your topic in the center. So think about this more as a visual um, trigger and a visual organization of your ideas than like your formal outline. So you put your concept in the middle and then you're going to create a series of lines mm-hmm essentially around this central idea that then you, you're going to put a one, you're going to want to put like a circle around it so that you can kind of enclose things. Right. Then you are going to add lines around this and they are going to have different topics related to this. And then you can continue to go out by extending another line and then putting a circle around that and another line. And so essentially what these, these lines, these end up being, for me, they ended up being chapters. Ah. As you can hear from that, a mind map can be very module. It allows you to move around the parts, also to focus your time and energy on specific sections without interrupting the flow of the book. So I think that is a valuable tool and something that many of you may find helpful. The second thing that uh, I wanted to emphasize from our conversation is uh, she has a great way or a great framework to look at writing a book. Because Suzanne is an entrepreneur, because she dedicates so much of her business to work-life balance, she treats her books as an extension of her business. And part of that is listening to your customers or listening to your audience and treating your books as an extension of your brand or business. And Suzanne has a great explanation as to why this is important. And so my book becomes, in some ways, a calling card for the content that I've got that I can share with an employer. And it's great for those moms who want a reference, like a reference, like they want essentially want reference material or they're going to, they need a D they they prefer to DIY. Give me all of these ideas and I'll pick and choose the ones that I want. You don't need to pick and choose for me. And so, but I'm not thinking about this from the perspective of this is what I want to give to you. I'm thinking about what do you want in your version, in your, you know, in your filter of this content, right? Like, like when you take a, um, a, 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 when you, when you scoop up content from me, what is it that you want? And so it looks a little different based on what it is that I share. So if you go to one of my workshops, you're not going to get exactly the same material that's in, in the book. All right. So there you have it. Two, I think really big points, uh, were big takeaways 
have a mind map or use a mind map. That can be a very great way to frame your books and give you not only a a framework, but a work process to actually work through the book and get it done. And secondly, think of your book as an extension of a business. Even if you don't run a business, think of it as a small business. And in fact, one of the other authors who I'm going to talk about next week also shares that as well. All right, for episode 374, uh, I spoke with Sheila Young. So she was the first novelist that I spoke with on this series. So shifting from nonfiction to fiction, and she wrote a, a book, which is now a series. She's working on the second one called Mac. And uh, I I enjoyed this conversation because Sheila is a very busy person. She has a full family life. And uh, just to hear her talk about juggling all those responsibilities, which many of you might be doing uh, right now, you may have a very full family life. You may have a lot of responsibilities. So what I liked about this conversation is that when we think about writing, a lot of us think about it as a separate activity from our regular life. You think about, well, I'm going to have to allocate time to this. And yes, you will. But what I liked about my conversation with Sheila is that because her life is so busy, writing isn't simply something that she does separately. It's not something that she always has the luxury of separating. And if you listen to this part of the conversation, you will hear that writing is just part of the chaos and the flow of her life. This is where the comedy came in, John. (laughs) Sincerely, when you have a family and a large dog, um, you you get interrupted. (laughs) I literally had, I'm not kidding, I had about a thousand words left to write in the book. I knew I could finish it within the hour. And I made the statement out in the kitchen. Just give me, give me an hour and I've got this, uh, right? Okay. And I should have set up a camera <laughs> because I can't tell you how many times people came in. Was it the that. longest hour? It was the <laughs> longest hour. It took four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the challenge. Those are the challenges, you know? Did you? And everyone's home because of the pandemic too. Did so you it's, um, set aside a specific schedule to write? Did you find that uh, there were certain times of the day that worked better for you? I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, what the process was, the actual process was like for you? Well, I'm finding right now, because I'm working on the sequel, it's oh, when, wow, okay. it's really when the the spirit moves you. Okay. You know, it's really when you, you have the story coming out of you and you know you've got words. You'll see people get writer's block where nothing is coming. You're, right, right. you're having a rough go. Um, so it's really when, when it's, flying out of you you got to sit down and take your moments and it is tricky it's hard so there you have it writing is not always going to be this clean separate block in your life sometimes you're going to be writing uh at the dining room table where the kitchen kitchen table and you may have family you may have kids you may have pets interrupting you uh, every single sentence uh, but yet sheila was able to get her book done she had a process she had a flow and she had a goal to get this novel done. The other thing that I loved about my conversation with Sheila, and this actually goes a little bit to to the first point, the first takeaway, is uh, Sheila talks about, and she self-published her books, she talked about this idea of not spending forever on it. And because, I think in part, because she was so busy and because this was a big goal for her, 
she wanted to make sure that this book got done and that it got out there. And part of what holds a lot of writers back is this spending so much time polishing it and perfection syndrome such that you can get so caught up in that that it prevents you from actually uh, moving forward and getting your book out there. So listen to this because I think this is a key part of our, uh, our conversation and also a big takeaway for those of you who want to write a book. You've got to put, uh, you know, metaphorically pen to paper. You've got to sit down and just start writing. You know, it's uh, once you once you actually start going, it, it develops, it, it happens, right? There are those who are perfectionists who will be there forever writing their first draft. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be wary of that a bit. You have to, you know, eventually you know, like your child, let it go, right? Talk talk about that a little bit, because that is something I think is that syndrome of getting it perfect, that that first book, especially. Was that something that you had to overcome? Or is that something that you knew going in? uh, You know, it's it's a syndrome that I'm not going to let it hold me back. Thankfully, I'm not hardwired in the perfectionist category. (laughs) So I'm very fortunate in that department. I kind of embrace my imperfections. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know a lot of writers are are in that mode where they're not even at the point of querying when their book is probably a masterpiece already. You know, you got to be very careful with that. So for those of you, especially if you're self-publishing, one of the upsides of self-publishing is that you're not working on a time frame. One of the downsides of self-publishing is that you are not working with a time frame. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. If you're contracted with a publisher, you're going to have specific deadlines that you have to meet. You have to get your book done by X date. That's usually contracted. With self-publishing, because there are no hard deadlines except for what you put on yourself, it behooves you to really have the mindset that you're going to put the time and effort into it. You're going to get it. Uh, done, you're going to do it well, but you're not going to spend forever trying to get it perfect, that at some point you're going to put it out there. And that goes to, I think, having a deadline, that goes to having a time frame and committing to that. So that's episode 374 with Sheila Young. I definitely recommend check out that conversation. All right, episode 375, continuing on, I I spoke with another novelist, Nicola Lowe, based in the UK. She writes in the romance genre and uh, has written a series of books uh, under the KISS umbrella. They're part of the KISS series. Uh, And she also has a new book that's that's coming out uh, that uh, we talked about as well. And I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Nicola is very creative. She's all about developing interesting characters. And uh, I I loved that she gave us insight into her process. So in this first uh, part of the conversation that I want you to listen to, Nicola talks about how you can find inspiration for fictional characters anywhere. And the key is to always have something with you such that you can jot it down. And she talks about using the Notes app. I've talked about that on prior episodes. Having the Notes app on your phone can be a great place to just jot down ideas. You can use the voice recorder function as well if you just want to speak into your phone. But uh, listen to this and listen to where Nicola finds inspiration for some of her characters. I'd say it's the characters. I'm a very daydreamy person. So the Mist Kiss, one of the main characters is a guy called Zach. And mm-hmm. I was stuck in a traffic jam one day in a very posh part of England. Um, okay. And we were outside an Aston Martin garage. You know, Aston Martin's like James Bond drives. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
I was outside one of their dealerships and this gorgeous looking guy crossed the road in front of me and went in and he became Zach in my head. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, so do you find that you're inspired by people that you, you see or people that you know in your life to develop some of the characters that end up in your books? Yeah, definitely sort of a combination of not necessarily people I know well, just perhaps overhearing conversations or seeing people like that man outside the dealership. Yeah, it just puts ideas in my head. And then I build the plot around the characters. What do you do? Do you have a process where if you get inspired, let's say you're you're on the road or you're taking a walk, do you do you jot something down do you have a process where do you just kind of just kind of keep it on your head until you can get in front of a keyboard where a, a no, no the notes that in my phone ah. has got about 50 <laughs> different books scribbled into it so from there you can hear nicola's process she's constantly thinking about characters she's constantly thinking and observing even when she's stuck in traffic she can find inspiration for characters or elements that'll be in their next book. Okay, the second creative aspect about Nicola's process that I really found interesting, and this is where we start to hear from some of the guests, this uh, just differentiation. Some writers are big planners. They will outline, they will plan, plan, plan. Uh, again, you know, Suzanne Brown talks about having the mind map. Nicola is on the other end of the spectrum where she puts her focus into developing characters and letting them tell the story, which I think is so interesting. And think about having these characters, bringing them to life. And maybe this works more on the fiction side of things that you're letting them discover their story and and not necessarily going in pre-planning the entire plot. And so... Nicola talks about that. She also talks about, as a writing tip, to write what you love. Whether it's fiction or nonfiction, spend time writing what you truly love writing. And for Nicola, she loves romance stories. You know, she talks about how, uh, you know, that's her favorite genre of TV show and movie. So clearly that inspired her to, you know, try her hand at writing romance novels. And that's obviously worked out very well because she really loves that genre. So spend time with what you love writing. And Nicola explains why, I think, very well, why this is an important aspect of writing. I think the best thing is um, something I got told was write what you love because while you're writing it, while you're editing it, while you're publishing it, you will read it about 500 times. You need to love it. (laughs) Don't try and kind of mimic anyone else. You need to have your own voice. Definitely. Well, you can admire other people's styles and like their genre, you just need to keep your own voice, I would say. And just be brave and go for it. Spend time writing what you love because you're going to be spending so much time with it and develop the characters you love. So sometimes you can let them tell the story as opposed to trying to figure out the story and fitting the characters in. So that's a really interesting approach. And I do recommend check out episode 375 to hear my full conversation with Nicola. Okay, episode 376, I spoke with Aaron Bosick. He is all things pop culture. He has a podcast and uh, he is also working on a novel. And what I thought was interesting about Aaron, uh, two things. Number one, uh, I've interviewed in this series two authors who are currently working on books. So I'd like to, I'm so glad that I got to do this because not only are you listening to 
uh, authors who have published books or who have written books, but you're also listening to conversations with authors who are currently working on book projects. And Aaron was one of them. So uh, what I thought was interesting is Aaron is also working on a novel and he talks about finding inspiration from something you're not a fan of. And I'll explain exactly what I mean by that. So we talk a little bit about uh, some of his early inspiration and he talks about a particular cartoon series that he grew up watching and he wasn't a fan of the execution. He liked the ideas, but he didn't like the way the cartoon was executed. So take a listen to this clip and listen to what Aaron drew out of that to for his current uh, work in progress. Well, I am working on a novel that is a, well, I got the idea after realizing how much I didn't like Captain Planet. Okay. The, uh, the Captain Planet, remind me, that was the animated show back in the 90s? It was an animated show back in the 90s. It was really big when the whole environmental movement really right. got its footing. And us kids really got into it because it's yeah. like we wanted to save the world. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing that, you know, it was not that great of a show. I didn't really care for it because here's the thing. These kids are you know, the five planeteers who all have these special rings that give them powers. And they wait until halfway through the episode when they call Captain Planet, mm-hmm. who's like the world's worst superhero, because the only thing he does is come into every episode and get his rear end royally handed to him. Okay. He almost never actually accomplishes anything. And I this starts to frustrate me. So I realized, why is, what's this about? And I started to get this idea for a story about these kids that are in a similar situation, but maybe with a 21st century outlook. So sometimes you may find inspiration from uh, sources that you love. And Nicola uh, in episode 375, I think, is a great example of that. Aaron, on the other side, finds inspiration or found inspiration from a series that he wasn't a fan of. He liked the ideas, but he didn't like the execution. So he's writing the story that he wants to see or that he wants to tell. And so I think that's also an interesting approach. You can find inspiration from many different places and not just from things you love, but things that you thought, oh, you know what? I didn't think they did such a great job with it. So I'm going to tell the story drawing on these themes my way. Second thing that Aaron talks about, which is hugely important, I'm a big advocate of this, is know your end game with the project. No matter what you start with, have in mind what the finished product will look like and why. Aaron talks about this, and I'm going to let him explain what he means by that. The end game. Um, I'm a big fan. I've learned how to set things up, set up creative projects so that I can see them through. Mm-hmm. I, I've found ways around the, 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 the pit of starting things and not stopping them. And that is to know where I'm ending. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do this as a graphic novel, I would have to get somebody who can draw to make that happen. I would have to look into art. I'd have to look into that, which I don't really want to do right yeah. now. A screenplay has a very similar but bigger problem in that I have to now find actors. I have to find a director. I have to. There are things that at the end of that that I just don't want to mess with for this story. Right. But a book, I get the text down. I make sure it looks good. I hit publish. 
I walk away. All right. As you listen to that clip, Aaron could have started with uh, any number of iterations. He could have started with a screenplay. He ended up going with a novel, and there were very practical reasons for doing so. So know your end game with any project. I think this also goes to having deadlines. I'm a fan of deadlines. I know some of the authors do not, but they have other ways of staying accountable to themselves and making sure that their project gets done. The big picture with this is know why you're doing something know why you're doing something and have an idea of what the finished product or what we call in the business world an exit strategy for the project or the endeavor. All right, the last author I'm going to cover for today's recap and review uh, is Rich Perry, episode 377. Rich is a great guy. We've known each other for several years now. I've had him on the podcast before and I've been a guest on his show. And uh, he, uh, shifting now back to the nonfiction and, and business world. So Rich shared, I think, several great points and several great approaches to, to writing. But the first, which I thought was really interesting, is the joint venture. And I'm going to let Rich explain the benefits of doing a joint venture or participating in a joint venture. But the idea is before you start, your hand writing a full book, which is a big endeavor, start with a short form piece. So uh, I'll let Rich explain why this is a great way to get started. Anyone who's watching and or listening to this podcast, if you've ever had the thought of, hey, I want to write a book or, hey, do I have what it takes to write a book? So any of those, you know, any of those variations of questions. If you have the opportunity to be a contributing author, uh, I, I would strongly recommend it because writing a book in itself, like if you're this sole author or maybe you're writing it with one other person, it's still a daunting task. Yeah. It could be very intimidating, very intimidating. But being a contributing author and say like a JV, like a joint venture series or something like that, you're only really putting together one chapter, maybe two or three chapters. And it relieves that a great deal of tension and stress and anxiety. Uh, for me, I was unsure of myself. Do I have what it takes to be a writer? Um, and I, I even brought in a few professional writer friends to be like my editor for my chapter. Um, and that helped me like just writing just one chapter was like, oh, I'm going to get my feet wet. Okay, this was an easier process. Now I know what it takes. Now I just have to multiply it by 12 chapters or 15 <laughs> chapters, whatever the case is. It was, it was so much easier. So as you can hear from that excerpt, start with a joint venture because you're going to get a taste of what it's like to go through the writing process. You're going to collaborate with other writers and being part of a collection, you can also... Uh, basically it, it removes some of the pressure and some of the heavy lifting. You'll get the experience of writing a short form. You'll, you'll, you'll be published uh, as part of a collection. So, you know, there are benefits to that. But then from there, you can extract that experience and move on to longer form if you want. The other point that Rich talked about, which uh, uh, resonated with me is uh, investing in your network. And, and this actually goes directly to point number one. Rich talks about how the joint venture opportunity came up and why it's important to make 
connections and build relationships. So I'm going to let Rich explain that in this next clip. I would say definitely get involved in whatever writing opportunities that present themselves or whatever opportunities you can take action on. So whether it's maybe starting to uh, write for a local uh, publication or maybe it's an online publication, there are tons, 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 tons of digital publications out there that want uh, writers, you know, whether it's um, business to community or Thrive Global or um, life hack, or, you know, there's tons of online publications that accept freelance writers. So maybe just writing article after article after article after article will help, you know, sharpen the steel and get your chops up for writing that book. So as you can hear two big takeaways, number one, um, uh, be involved in your communities, build those relationships and, and network, invest in your network, invest your time in cultivating relationships. And this can lead to you finding opportunities. Also, put yourself out there. You will find and Rich shares many different places you can look for opportunities to write short form pieces, whether it's online journals, whether it's joint ventures. And so I, I highly recommend that um, you take a listen to this full conversation. And then Rich also talks about uh, how starting with the joint venture led to him uh, meeting a, a co-author who's also his business partner and them co-writing uh, the book, uh, Bankroll Your Mind. So I think that's a, a, a great story. Again, that's episode 377 with Rich Perry. So there you have it. Uh, the first six authors, uh, I, th I think they're so diverse and, and write in so many different genres, but there's some major takeaways. And I've just shared two from each conversation. There are many more, obviously, and I'm going to encourage you to listen to all of the uh, conversations and I'll have them in the collection pages. They're also all available at bemovingforward.com and all major podcast channels. So I'll be back next week on episode 386. We're going to continue with the recap and review with the remainder of the authors who have been in this series. Again, the write-up is at bemovingforward.com. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.